Welcome to the Triple Option Pass with Ryan Gregory and Devin Voss, a part of the Running Hook Podcast Network. One and only triple option pass podcast, a part of the Running Hook Podcast Network. And on one side of the recording, we have lovely co-host Ryan Gregory. Ryan, how are we this week? Uh, today at work, I gashed a giant cut in my pinky and got to leave early. So uh, a little bit of negative, a little bit of positive today. How about you, buddy? I am doing well. Um, school sucks. That's all <laughs> I can say about it. Uh, you know how Ryan just said that uh, you know, he, he got a gash in his pinky. Well, I have a gash in my heart from this online schooling. It sucks. But anyways, <laughs> uh, on the other side, we have me, Devin Voss. And, you know, unfortunately, Ryan and I, we have lives. You know, we, we aren't always able to just sit here and indulge in our love for college football. I mean, I'm a full-time student and a part-time worker. I know Ryan cranks out some 10-hour days himself. So, you know, things can stack up pretty easy for us. But despite all the odds, here we are about to babble about some college football for you guys. Yep. Uh, I hope the, the wait was worth the wait. <laughs> <laughs> right. And to kick things off, I just really got to tell you how great of a week this has been. <laughs> yeah, go ahead and take this one, buddy. Let's let's hear about all your thoughts on, you know, perhaps one of the greatest college football games of uh, of this young decade. <laughs> oh yeah, that is true. You know, I didn't think about it like that either. You know, what? I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Uh, my Fighting Irish, facts. the Fighting Irish, they defeated the Clemson Tigers in a double overtime thriller, forty-seven to forty. And honestly, what was a proving game for Notre Dame? Now, I get it. Everyone's going to bring up the argument that all Trevor Lawrence wasn't there. And you know what? I understand that. But when his backup throws for 439 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, I don't want to hear it. Travis Etienne, <laughs> you know, the man that has rushed for 2,000 yards for I don't even know how many years in a row let alone his receiving yard totals, was held to 28 yards total on 18 carries. I don't want to hear it, okay? This team is legit, and I know it took two overtimes, but that's the point, is the team actually beat Clemson that wasn't in the national championship game. And further, Notre Dame, they finally caught up. They finally caught up to all of the rest of the talents. Everybody should have probably saw last year when when they gave Georgia a run for their money. They didn't win that game, but this is the first time. This is the first time in a very, very long time, Ryan, that I could say Notre Dame is a legit football team, and I'm not just smiling or talking out of my ass because they're my favorite <laughs> team. This is legitimately... A real argument now. And while I'm still not the happiest with Ian Book, the rest of the team makes up for it. Kyron Williams is a freaking beast. Um, The receiving core, 
very solid, and most notably, their defense. The one thing that Notre Dame has prided themselves on for, you know, the entire last decade, it's also there. So, you know what? I love it. I love it. I love it. That's all I can say about it. That's all I can say about it. <laughs> I mean, the one thing that you definitely have to, to talk about from your from your beautiful speech there, hail to the victors that is that are Notre Dame. But the, the, the main point I want to touch on is how they finally won a prove-it game, man. Because Notre Dame's become this disregarded com- commodity in college football where they're like, yeah, they're the independents. They beat up on the military schools, and they'll they'll go play Western Michigan and win by 50. So it's everyone's always waiting on Notre Dame to prove it. And when they had their shot against Bama in the BCS uh, championship, smoked. They had their chance against Clemson in uh, 2018 in the uh, first round of the playoff, smoked. And so it's it's finally come together. And, of course, people are going to give the uh, Trevor Lawrence wasn't in the game excuse. But also, like, DJ, will I will get better at saying his last name. <laughs> Uh, he's a five-star recruit and probably uh, a top 10 or 15 college football quarterback right now, even, even with his lack of experience. So like, it's not like Clemson was, was, was pulling a Georgia and throwing out a four string uh, three-star walk-on They're They're throwing out legitimate talent there. And it's not like, like you said, ETN's not hurt. Their defense was fine. And Notre Dame finally proved it. And, and, this is unrelated, but God, I love that offensive line. They're so good. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's kind of the point that I've been making to everybody that I've talked to about this Notre Dame team is that I, I specifically told them if Notre Dame wants to beat Clemson at all, they have to come out and they have to establish the run game. I mean, I know they have two basically – I don't remember what exact ratings they were, but I know Kyron Williams and uh, Chris Tyree were very highly rated recruits coming in. It's just like you know Clemson. You know what they're going to do. They're going to stack the box, and they're going to drop basically a crap ton of pass rushers and try to fluster the quarterback. Hence why it is so important for them to establish the run game, and they did. Kyron Williams ran all over that defense with 140 yards and three touchdowns. I couldn't ask for a better execution. I mean, I know, uh, you know, Notre Dame scoring slowed down um, in the second half. But at the end of the day, I mean, a win's a win. And Absolutely. That's, that's all I'm at. That's all that matters, um, especially against, you know, Clemson, the, the best team. team of this decade. Yeah, the untouchables, you know, the untouchables. So, I mean, all I'm saying is just basically it takes a lot to defeat Clemson, and I don't think anybody uh, should disregard that. I don't think anybody should disregard that at all. Now, I mean, you know, going into this matchup, um, I always kept joking around. I was just like, I always said, you know, I really don't expect them to beat Clemson. Uh, this week. I mean, I, I figured the, going in, I figured, hey, they're not going to be Clemson this time around, but when it comes to the ACC championship, they'll be a lot more versed as to what you know Clemson will be doing, and that'll give them a better chance. But apparently now it's going to be the other way around, so <laughs> we're going to see how it goes, and they'll have Trevor Lawrence back most likely. So 
Um, that rematch is going to be so intriguing. Yeah, I you know that might draw some some high audience numbers there. Not, I would not hope so. I mean, the first edition was one of the best football games that I've I've watched since I've started paying like close attention to college football. So I can only imagine round two is going to be just as entertaining. And also, right. congrats to Kyron Williams for playing his way into probably a, a day two draft pick now. Yeah, at this point. Uh, what a game. That man can pass protect with the best of them. And he had 140 yards to, to boot and three touchdowns. <laughs> Seriously. And I still, for the life of me, can't pronounce Ben's last name. Ben Skronik. Skronik. Ben Skronik. Skronik. Yes. But, man. You know, he was he was a tight end coming into this thing and they they converted him to a wide receiver and it's it's worked out. It really has. He's he's a tall man over the edge and he has really good hands. So for those of you that don't know, I may have mentioned this on the podcast already, but uh, back when Ben was uh, in high school, he and I worked out together because he's also from Fort Wayne. Uh, We went to the same training facility and, uh, you know, he was obviously much better than me. He's always been a wide receiver, but uh, when he originally went to Northwestern, they were like, well, that's not going to happen. So it's cool to see him get to play his natural position again because he's not obviously not a burner, but he's a, a great possession wide, wide receiver, and I'm glad to see Notre Dame trying that out with him. Yeah, it's really worked well. I think he sets a, a great tone outside. Um, yeah, that's pretty much all I got to say about this game. I've just been pretty much smiling all week. Uh been holding my hand up with uh, number one uh, through the air all week. So uh, even though we're number two, uh, kind of, I, I wasn't too upset about it, but um, yeah. So Notre Dame has never lost a conference game. They have not lost a conference game and I don't expect them to at all. It would In the be the entirety of their football playing career. It would be such robbery and I would absolutely love it. If Notre Dame took the ACC title and dipped, <laughs> <laughs> that'd be hilarious. Stay for one year, win it, and <laughs> then just go. Like, like that, right, that was fun. Thanks, guys. The biggest middle finger to everyone in the committee and everyone who's who's doubted them, which I can't say they didn't they didn't uh, deserve because they did. But watch um, them shit the bed, and Phil Jerkovic gets his revenge game this week. Oh, don't worry. I, I also mentioned that possibility. I was like, we won this game. And then I told my friends, I was like, but next week, you know, Notre Dame's going to have a traditional Notre Dame week and play down to their opponent. So, revenge game. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. But at least for now, I get to, you know, hold this, hold this dub and move on to hopefully a brighter future. So right, enough about the Irish. Let's keep it moving. <laughs> yep, enough about the Irish. I'm I'm pretty much done talking. I just had my happy scramble. So, um, <laughs> next up on the board, we got one team that Ryan and I have been keeping our eye on all year long. A uh, team that we both have come to like a lot because they absolutely obliterate everybody in their path. The BYU Cougars. They defeated their first batch of true talent in Boise state and they did a big 51 to 17. It's really rare to see Boise state get walked at home. I can't tell you the last time I can't, 
honestly think of it like the last time that Boise got absolutely destroyed like this on their own turf. Like it took 14 fourth quarter points to keep this from being like literally a 40 point victory. It was, it was ridiculous how badly BYU beat these guys. And I get that like you're playing your second and third string quarterback in this because Jack Sears is their actual second string quarterback. He gets hurt. So in comes Cade Finnegan. So BYU's really scratching the bottom of the barrel. I, was Hank Bachmeyer COVID or was he injured? I can't remember. Actually, I don't remember either. I, in this day and age, we can just assume it's COVID. Yeah, at this point. But man, BYU, not only, I know Zach Wilson's getting all of the, uh, and, and, and as he should, he's getting all the hype, but like that O-line is nuts. And they probably have one or two pro receivers just based on the way that they've been playing. So like this, this team is not just like an aberration of 2020 being weird and them just being older than everybody else. <laughs> but BYU's like, this is probably like one of their better teams that they've had in recent memory. And it, it's just kind of a perfect alignment that this comes in a year where everybody else is stumbling. We just may see an independent that isn't Notre Dame make the playoff. That is true. And it's also, like you said about the O-line, I mean, also to the credit, Tyler all. Allgaier, I think that's how you say it. Uh, he's only carried the ball 105 times, but he's brought 710 yards out of it and nine touchdowns. That is uh, ridiculous. Yeah, that is nearly seven seven yards to carry. So, that's, yeah. Uh, that's such a credit to that O-line. Those guys are all 28. They all have, like, angry dad strength. Like, <laughs> those men have been – those men have to come home from those games and like stay up with their young children. So they're just filled with rage. <laughs> oh my God. You cracked me up. Uh, but yeah, 51 to 17 for anyone that didn't catch the game or the final, like Zach Wilson with 360 yards and three touchdowns, only six incompletions. This man's going to finish the season with like as many incompletions as touchdowns. I swear. Yeah, for real. I mean, I'm looking at it right now and he's got a 75% completion percentage. Um, That's so crazy. It is. It really is. And through eight games, right? It's been eight games or eight. No, they, he has surpassed his season total from last year already uh, in passing. What the hell got into Zach Wilson? I I have no idea. Last year, he threw for 2,382 yards, 11 touchdowns, and nine interceptions. That's 130 rating. Uh, This year, completely different. 75%, 2,512 yards, 22 touchdowns, two interceptions, and a 201.6 rating. So, I don't know what got into Zach Wilson, but he's definitely played his way probably to day one, uh, the draft at this point. Oh, absolutely, dude. I'm so talking myself into the Bears picking him up. Dude, he's he's good. <laughs> he's good. It's worth noting that like that that completion percentage, if it holds up, which it we we've seen no reason why it wouldn't. Like BYU has two games left. One of them's an FCS opponent and the other one's San Diego State. There's like a decent uh Mountain West team, but certainly not going to beat BYU. No. So there's no reason to believe that he's not going to keep this percentage up high. And so one of the, one of the highest touted, like accurate guys out of college in recent memory, Kyler Murray in an offense that schemes 
you, I could complete passes in the Oklahoma offense, like the way that those guys <laughs> just break wide open. Yes. And his completion percentage was six was 69%. Nice. But <laughs> he's, he's outperforming one of the most accurate quarterbacks in recent history who also had the benefit of an offense that was meant to do that. You think they're running a Lincoln rally esque offense and at BYU you're damn wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's an odd offense. Um, definitely none other like it. And like at, at least, I don't know if you noticed this, but like at least three or four times a game, they'll run like a, a read option. It looks like, but the running back runs behind where the ball is. Like, it, <laughs> like Wilson will turn to his right and the running back will run behind him to his left. And he's holding the ball out. Like it's going to be a handoff. It's, it's, it's inexplicable. Cause like, and like defenses are still like, kind of Fighting. frozen but it's just so weird <laughs> yeah it's like defense is kind of freeze yeah it, it's it's inexplicable and he almost threw a pick on one of these plays in uh the boise game through he he did the the quote-unquote fake and then threw it directly into the mitt of a of a <laughs> boise linebacker who dropped it so the offense certainly isn't helping him but it doesn't look like zach wilson needs a, a ton of help future bear zach no. wilson yeah, no, no. Come on, no. please let me have this. What? No, 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 no. I said, he, yeah, no. I was. Oh, agreeing I with thought you were saying no to the Bears thing. I was like, come on. No, man. no, no. If you guys the Bears, that's fine and dandy. I don't care. Um, fine and dandy. <laughs> <laughs> um, he, I mean, he's yeah, he's six three, two ten, much bigger than Kyler Murray is. I see no reason why he wouldn't be able to have success now. Uh, converting that success is a different thing, but I see no reason why. He doesn't go day one. So, yeah. Absolutely. BYU, everybody. They're Congrats here. to the Cougs. They're legit, and they're going to stay here. As we discussed in the group chat recently, BYU is uh, the MILF capital of the world. <laughs> yeah. You know what? As the Cougars. <laughs> no further comment. <laughs> oh, gosh. All right. Um, moving on. <laughs> We are going to go to 10 Windiana. Or at least that's the hope. Um, The Hoosiers. Our hometown Hoosiers, I guess, is what you'd like or what they'd like you to say if you're an Indiana native. They are good. Legitimately good. (laughs) They are actually good. They've beaten two ranked opponents. Um, and you know they just beat Michigan handily, so I mean I'm convinced. I don't know if they have enough to beat all Ohio State, but they'll be there. Yeah, I think this one was specifically uh, Michigan is not as talented as it, talented as they typically are, which is already an indictment on Harbaugh, who has made his name in recruiting. We all remember when he spent the night at that like place kicker's house to get him to, to commit. Yep. But I think the best way to put it is um, Michigan at its or the, the the most bare bones way to explain this was Michigan is not good at corner and IU has two legit studs at wide receiver and a quarterback that can without a doubt get the ball there and so that's that's all IU needed back shoulder stuff. Uh, Ty, Ty, oh my goodness, Ty Freifogel and Watt Fillier were 
had at least a step, if not if not two, every defender, every route they ran. It was incredible. They made it so easy on Penix, and he was he split that defense open. It was a fantastic game, and also Michigan is incapable of running the ball even against an IU run defense that I would call suspect at best. Yeah. Um, there's definitely a lot of, I still see a lot of improvement that improvements that need to be made from uh, the Hoosiers. Oh, they are um, far from perfect. They're, yeah. they're going to have a tough time against Ohio state. <laughs> yeah. Um, but with that being said, um, they will, they will compete against Ohio State, and I, I don't know if you've noticed. I've, I've oh, mentioned compete. this. They always do. Yeah, I was, I was gonna say I've mentioned this to you know many, and obviously those who um, follow or have followed the Hoosiers, they always play Ohio State hard. Uh, for some reason, it's their game every single year, almost besides last year. Uh, every single year where they are just basically putting it all on the line. I don't know what makes them decide Ohio State. Uh, but it, it is the one game they usually come to play. And if I, Ohio State isn't, um, you know, if Ohio State doesn't come as ready as what they would be, they're gonna they're gonna get shocked. You know, I mean, <laughs> this team is this team is good. And something that I did want to mention here, um, in case there are some of you out there that. Don't live in Indiana listening to this. Wap Fillier. Uh, that is not his real name, but perhaps his real name is even cooler than Wap Fillier. Uh, his real name is Mr. Elias D'Angelo Fillier. Yes. He has like, he has four cool names. It's not fair. Yes. Mr. Elias D'Angelo Fillier. He got his nickname because he loved Whoppers as a kid. So that's hilarious. Wop name comes from, and he actually recently got a shout out from Burger King for it. So I thought that was pretty cool. But brand yeah. deal coming, brand deal coming. Um, Michael Penix. I mean, great game. I not as efficient. Last name. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, could have been more efficient. I mean, he was 30 for 50. He missed 20 passes, but it doesn't really matter because he had 342 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. And Stevie Scott uh, just showing up as he usually does. 97 yards, two touchdowns. So basically... Yeah, I worry about the rushing game for old IU. I mean... Both of their running backs, both Stevie Scott and Samson James, are averaging less than four yards a carry. And so I I definitely worry about that Ohio State matchup. It's not this week. Uh, they got Michigan State this week, but I think it's next week they have Ohio State. But when when you're playing against corners like Sean Wade and Marcus Williamson and like Marcus Hooker back, in, back playing safety, it's going to be a lot harder to push the ball than it was against this, uh, this Michigan defense. And so yeah. when when a when a supremely talented team like Ohio State comes and can shut that passing game down, when the running game's already not very efficient, that's where I think we're going to start really seeing some problems from IU. Yeah, because they they've been extremely one dimensional. But again, that's usually their that's usually their jam when they're playing Ohio State. I remember one year, man, who Sammy Sammy something I can't remember what receiver what this guy's last name was for IU. Man, that's going to kill me. But uh, I'll look it up. But 
they were just throwing back back shoulder throws to this guy the whole time that they were playing Ohio State. They ended up they they got pretty damn close to beating them. They didn't beat them. Uh, you vamp for a little bit while I try and find this guy's name. Oh, all right. I feel yeah. stupid when I find um, it. Um, there's been multiple cases where IU has got close, and one that I remember uh, very vividly is where IU and Ohio State were just going right back and forth with each other. Uh, I'm pretty sure IU. Uh, Simi Cobbs, 2017. Ah, yes. They just murdered back shoulder throws to him and like managed to hang with one of the better iterations of Ohio State for like three and three quarters quarters. Yes. Uh, They always run out of juice at the end, but. Yep. They can never quite finish. But they're always there. So they're always there to try and give a scare. So 10th ranked Deanna. (laughs) Yep. There you go. That is. Uh, old Indiana, they are top ten. So I hate your fan base, but I love your football team this year. Yep, there you go. Um, moving on to the SEC, it's time to trash Georgia. So Ooh, largest outdoor cocktail party got a little messy. <laughs> Everybody, if you haven't gathered around and heard, uh, Georgia sucks. Straight up bad. Zamir White's good. I like Zamir White still. He's a very good running back. Everyone else on this team, um, less less than good. That quarterback situation, Dewan Mathis was a four-star. <laughs> he played like that. Against yeah. Florida, Florida's defense is not good. No. Like Florida has been getting gashed recently. Like their their uh defensive backs are subpar to be nice. Yeah. <laughs> In Georgia. Just got exposed in this game, man. It was brutal. Yeah. Um, definitely not the showing you wanted from the Bulldogs. They lost 44 to 28. And really, it was just another Kyle Trask day. That man has been going off all season. Another one, guy that's probably worked his way into a day one pick. And he just lit it up once more. 400, yeah, 474 yards, four touchdowns, one interception. <laughs> Uh, 30 for 43 from the, from the, uh, wow. I just said from the field, this is bas- This is football, not basketball. Um, <laughs> <laughs> either way, uh, Kyle Trask really playing his way. Uh, and it's a day one. It really, the Heisman conversation, if you want me to be honest. Yeah. We really need to reiterate this point that like Kyle Trask, who really had a battle for this job against like Emory Jones and probably could have lost it pretty easily through for, nearly 500 yards and four touchdowns against a defense that we've that like coming into the season, we considered like might be better than Bama's and like was probably the best in college football. The wheels have fallen off so suddenly at Georgia, despite a disgusting wealth of, of talent that they have on that roster. I it's, it's hard to understand, but when you look at the, the receiving stats for Florida and their three top receivers are, Running back, running back, tight end that got hurt and didn't finish the game. Like, (laughs) that's how you know things went poorly. If a running back caught for 100 yards, they were getting gashed on wheel routes and could not adjust to it. And even it it was Kyle Pitts that freed him up in the first half when he was still in the game. They just send Pitts vertical and then a wheel route to trail. And, like, that works once in Madden and then usually – whoever you're playing is like, all right, cool. That was a stupid trick. I'm not going to let that happen again. (laughs) 
But the the Georgia linebackers who are all four and five stars were like three steps late and couldn't catch these these running backs to a, a Florida team that does not recruit nearly as well as Georgia. It was a, a truly shameful showing for what should have been a, a fantastic game. Really? And, you know, one, one worry I have for Georgia here is I hope they don't become another iteration of, of LSU. Um, it's been, let's be honest here. It's been a while since I've had a good quarterback now. Um, is Arkansas the third best team in the SEC? <laughs> oh, oh, get dicey now. You know what's um, upsetting? It's a fair question, right? It now. is a fair question. I will admit. Uh, but when the hell did the SEC turn into the Big 12 all of a sudden? This is kind of whack. Yeah, hello, points. Yeah. Um, When's the last defense. time Florida got 44 without a guy that loves Jesus a lot running the show? <laughs> running the show? <laughs> Yeah, so we'll look to see what happens for the rest of the season. Florida's going to stay there uh, for the remainder of the time. Georgia is going to probably continue to plummet. So yeah, not looking great for Georgia. No. Moving on, we will hop over to what's wrong with JT Daniels. By the way, like I don't. I think know. they just did. I think they just didn't want to rush him back in for a game where he probably would have gotten hurt because. Grantham is known for just sent, like emotionally blissing and just sending the house because he wants to. So it, um, it was likely he was going to get knocked around in that game, but hopefully he comes back next week and can write the ship for him because college football as a whole is better when there are at least some powers that look like powers. Daniels was medically cleared to practice back in September. Yeah, like he's um, okay. I, I think they're just being super delicate with him. He's also no longer practicing in a knee brace. That's um, good. I, I don't know. Uh, there's stitches out. There's there's a lot. This is a decent sized article, but um, yeah. Anyways, uh, yeah. So he's just <laughs> been inactive. Um, <laughs> I guess maybe until his name's called upon. I don't know, but. Um, Hopefully, he ends up being the answer for Georgia. I guess we'll see. Moving on, we will go to pick a random conference. We will go to De'Ara King and the ACC. Um, Man, this game was awful. (laughs) Yeah, notice how I said De'Ara King and the ACC because the rest of the team around him is not Not great. (laughs) Yeah, uh, Derek Derek King was the offense. That's how it's been all year, honestly. Yeah, true. Um, But yeah, yeah, you're right. 31, 41, 430 yards, five touchdowns, and 105 yards on the ground. Ridiculous. Man, I feel bad for writing off NC State so early this season because they did look like garbage to start the season, but when they made a quarterback change, uh, things started looking a little bit better, but... Man, Miami, I think it's less of a testament to NC State's offense, uh, unfortunately, and more to, geez, Miami's defense is bad. Yeah, it looked really good uh, for for a minute. Um, you can't let up 41 to NC State. I don't care what year man, it is. Man, you have such a grudge against They're NC not that good. <laughs> They're four and three at least. 
I it know, is, but they're look, okay. <laughs> NC State, they're not good enough to be among the best of the ACC, but they're certainly not bad enough to be among the worst. They're just right there in that middle pack where they might pull off one impressive win, a i.e. pit, but then lose some games to the better teams like North Carolina and Miami. I mean, was was that a pun? How you said they're in the middle of the pack? I honestly didn't realize it, but hey, <laughs> I like it. Um, Man, imagine State, they're not a bad team. That's all I was going to say. This defense was obviously so gutted when Greg Rousseau and Quincy Roche opted out because, man, they just can't pressure. <laughs> that D-line is bare bones. And, like, that'll happen when you lose two or one definite first-rounder and Quincy Roche will probably go second or third round, but still losing two of those guys on the edge. It's, it's obviously going to be a little bit bare bones after that, but still there. You're Miami. You should be re- recruiting well enough to be, to not let NC state hang 41 on you. Well, that's the thing that we've seen from Miami as recent. I mean, you know, even when they had uh, Mark rich, I mean, it's, it's kind of like a ACC version of Michigan. Really? Oh, Um, it really is like they're always they got the talent punches. They get the recruits. They and yet they churn out consistent eight and four seasons or Devin's rolling with the punches. That's insulting to both schools. It is because how much Michigan alums would hate to be compared to Miami alums. (laughs) Hey, what can you do? Play better. Uh, I don't I don't know. Um, it's true though. Uh, both teams, they have high expectations. They always go in, they have usually great recruits. And then by the time you get to, you know, last week of the season, you've already done lost two games and then you go into the conference championship and you lose again. So I, I mean, you're not not off the hook either. Texas, you're in this group. Yeah. You're in this group too. Um, (laughs) looking at you, USC, I mean, this we'll year, get to I them. Think, what a bullshit win. I think Miami has enough to to get by this year uh, just with an ACC schedule. But overall, it it's not looked great for them, even though they're six and one and, you know, sitting ranked 11 in the country. It's just not been the greatest performance, especially on offense and even more so on defense. <laughs> You're just relying on De'Aaron King to do too much, and I feel for him. Yeah, before we jump off this one, let's just do a stats dump to really praise De'Aaron King. 430 through the air, five touchdowns, 105 on the ground, was literally the offense. If you produce more than 500 yards by yourself, uh, can, you, congrats, you get the big medal, and you get to look down on all your teammates for not helping you at all. <laughs> All right, what was their total offensive numbers? Uh, Not a lot. Let me just look. 620. So he had 500 of 620. That's ridiculous. Yeah, Cameron Harris just like accidentally fell forward a couple times for 62 yards. <laughs> yeah, exactly. that was about all. That was about all the additional production that they got out of the offense. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so yeah. Uh, anyways, moving on. This is one that, you know, I'm surely taking to heart. Um, Number seven, Cincinnati. That's right. Cincinnati is legit. Our pride and joy. 
and I want everybody to make sure that it is pounded into their head. Cincinnati is legit. Their defense is so ridiculously good at this point in the season. Now, there's much more of the season left, but at this very point in the season, that defense might be the best defense the American has seen in a very long time. And I'm including UCF in that list. UCF had big-name players, but their defense still wasn't up to par as what Cincinnati's is so far. So, um, yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's complemented by a great offense. Uh, Ritter at quarterback, he just runs the show. Uh, he doesn't do anything too flashy. He gets it done on the ground, gets it done through the air. I, I just love this team. I just love them. I, I don't know why, but... They've okay, they've limited three of the traditional good teams in the American in Houston, Memphis, and SMU. They've held them to a total of 33 points, which is ridiculous because usually for SMU, that's like their total by halftime, especially this season. Yeah, and they they just looked lost against that Cincinnati defense, and as did Houston. Like, I've been banging the drum for Clay Toon ever since he stepped in for Derek King at Houston. I really like how he throws the ball. I think he's going to end up being a pro someday. But they held him to 20 of 34 passing, 189 yards, zero touchdowns, and a pick. Not great. Not what you want to see out of your out of your face of the university. And Houston as a whole just, just looked lost on offense. And I would, too, against – a defense that would a hundred percent compete if they were in the playoff right now, meaning Cincinnati's. I think I call me crazy. I think this team could seriously uh, win a, win a playoff game. I mean, if they're playing, For a Clem- fact that they'd give Notre Dame a problem. They would. And if they're playing Clemson, probably not, but no, give me Alabama or even, or Notre Dame. Yeah. I think this team could cause problems. And I only say that because, um, as far as Bama wise, uh, we we've seen this season. Bama's defense is not as holy as what it has been in the previous seasons. Um, and their offense, I mean, that's a little bit different. But you know, like I said, I, I did some stat searching, and of teams that have played six plus games, Cincinnati is ranked seventh in the nation in total defense. Um, that's bonkers. Yeah, and I believe that was in front of Bama, if I'm not mistaken. I'm not Makes totally... sense. Bama hasn't looked like a world beater. Yeah, so this Cincinnati team, uh, if I had to guess, if I had to put money on it, i say they run the table. Their only chance of slipping up, really, is probably to UCF. Uh, we know UCF can pour on the points, but so could SMU, and they only scored 13 against Cincinnati. So... We shall see what happens, but I am very hopeful for the Cincinnati Bearcats going on through the rest of the season. Before we move on from Cincinnati, one more point. Both they and BYU have a bye week in late November, and they were scheduled to play er earlier in the season. They should make that happen. Oh, that would be awesome. (laughs) I, I can speak for both members of the Triple Option Pass podcast when I say we... I would have to throw a watch party for that. That that is the a dream come true matchup this season for me. It would. And the best part about it would be like it would be win and go to the playoff. Exactly. It's a play in game. Yeah. 
That would be Ass- so- assuming that you win for the rest of the season, but still. Yeah. Yeah. Assuming you're undefeated. Um, that would be, yeah, that would be great. I would love fingers to crossed football <laughs> gods. Please listen. I I'm assuming both of them want to preserve their undefeated records, but you know, right, that's, in our- that's pretty much all the, all the Hope big dreams. games. Yeah. So we can kind of just bang through some other highlights from this past week. Yes, sir. So we got uh, Nevada. I know you wanted to touch on Nevada. Go right ahead. Yeah, just major props to them. I mean, they they didn't start off super fast against uh, Utah State. I I watched this game just because it was a Thursday night, you know, nothing else better to do. Carson Strong is a legitimately good football player, especially by Mountain West standards. And (laughs) I'd go as far to say that Nevada might just mess around and be the best team in the Mountain West this year. They look very strong. Jay Norvell's got a hell of a program going on out there. And when they, when they do inevitably inevitably play Boise, uh, assuming Hank Bachmeyer's back, that'll be a fantastic game. And uh, I just wanted to give Nevada a little, a little shout out for how dominant they've looked so far through three games. Yeah. Three now uh, going strong. Oh, sorry. They, they just beat up on Utah state 34 to nine for those of you that didn't oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't yeah. even ne- mention this, the score <laughs> no, Utah state. Uh, sliding a little bit. Uh, they parted ways with their head coach soon after this loss. Gary Anderson's out for the second time. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Um, in other news, um, Arkansas 500 so far this this far into the season. Yeah, this is the feel good section of the podcast. Here we go. Arkansas three and three after an impressive win. I. I love that Arkansas is starting to actually look competent because I think football is worse off when like uh, teams like that can't even compete. So it's it's good for the sport and Tennessee hard to believe that they were ranked at one point 13 up 13. Oh, at halftime lose 24, 13, not a great look, bud. No, no. And really I got to credit it to their, uh, Arkansas to their new head coach. Uh, I don't, I can't even think of his name right now. Uh, Pittman. Yeah. Yeah. For cha- coming in and, and changing the culture and, you know, fixing, fixing a very broken program under Chad Morris. Um, I'll be the first to admit I was so skeptical, skeptical of Arkansas going O-line coach for their hire, but man, he he's, he's just got these kids bought in. And I think that's the most important thing at a program like Arkansas that is not only spiraling, but has has spiraled to the bottom, and it looked like things couldn't get worse, and then they kept getting worse. Like it was a destitute place to tr- place to try and recruit kids to play football on purpose, and and now Arkansas's got some got some swag. They're at five hundred in the SEC for who, who's to say the last time that happened? <laughs> and you got a good point. And Tennessee, yeesh, dude. That yeah. they're just. They're bad, man. They were uh, ranked at one point this season. I know we we just had you know bouts about teams that have great recruits and only produce like eight and four seasons or three yep. lost seasons. Tennessee, Tennessee would love to win eight games. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. <laughs> Tennessee pulls those recruits, but they consistently just failed to de- de- yeah just demolish any expectation ever set on them. They just always always fail i don't know why and they we keep ranking them high too like remember last year they're supposed to be good and then they lost to byu and georgia state yep 
when are we going to learn? Tennessee's just not going to figure it out under um, uh, Pruitt. Yeah. Um, whatever. Uh, that's something for that university to figure out. Um, congrats, Arkansas. Yeah, congrats, Arkansas. Congrats, Felipe Franks. <laughs> yeah, speaking of Florida, what a redemption story. <laughs> Great redemption story. Um, next up, uh, this is just a slight little note. BC almost lost to Syracuse. Syracuse had no business being in that game, but BC let them. Yeah, what an uh-oh game. Like, half of Syracuse's defense, which was the only thing that was decent on this team, has opted out because they had – or they have a couple, like, probably pros on that defense. Well, <laughs> had was actually the right word because now they're all gone. <laughs> they've, <laughs> yeah. all, they've all been injured or opted to go to the NFL. And the fact that Boston College – uh, oh, I think this might have just been like a, a comeback to earth game because they got up for um, Clemson. And yeah. then I think it's a, just a bit of coming back down to earth that you can't score like that all the time. Yeah. And man, Syracuse is bad on offense. That they're just horrible. Yeah. They started a quarterback named Jacobian. I don't think you're going to win a lot of games with <laughs> a quarterback named Jacobian. Yeah. I. I <laughs> I feel you there. Um, and then we got the return of the Pac-12. They are finally back. They are finally Hello, up and Oregon. going. My goodness. Yeah. Oregon's probably going to mess around and make the playoff. I hate to you, say you it. You think so? Yeah, no. man. They, they looked – I know Syracuse – or not Syracuse, sorry. We just talked about them. Stanford isn't the team that they used to be. But, I mean – if Tyler show even like kind of figures it out and like, he wasn't horrible in this game. No. I mean, he threw for two twenty-seven, a pick and a, a touchdown uh, 17 to 26, but like CJ Verdell is super fun. And that defense is ridiculous. Cave on uh, Thibodeau or Thibodeau. I don't remember how to pronounce it. Uh, likely. Yeah. Top five pick coming up. The, the defense is insane, especially for Pac-12 standards. They can run the damn ball. If, if their quarterback's even competent, they're going to walk away with the Pac-12, won't even really be tested. After what right. we saw out of what USC is, the Pac-12 is having a, a down year. So well, I, def- like- I definitely expect Oregon to finish undefeated. They're like sixth consecutive down year. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm a I'm a Pac-12 hater. Um, the Pac-12 is rarely up. To be fair, yeah. Stanford, I mean, what are you doing, guys? I, I, the only reason why I'm a Pac-12 hater is because, honestly, it's because they have so many schools that should be doing so much better than they are. But absolutely, they just coasted down the standings. They at this point. You only got like one representative per year, uh, and they don't even make the playoffs at all. And they don't even really didn't. They usually don't even sniff the playoffs. I mean, I know Utah messed around and got close last year, but then guess who they lost to? Oregon. Haha. <laughs> that's the oh, that's the freaking story of the Pac-12. Devin said the F word. <laughs> no, because. Our boy is going to edit that one out. Anyways, put a sensor, put a beep, (laughs) put a beep. I would love that. Um, Anyways, I will always say the Pac-12 eats itself alive and 
Oregon might might mess around and you know defeat that that notion this year, but we'll see. Uh, usually doesn't take much for an upset to happen in the Pac-12. And speaking of the Pac-12, let's let's spend just just a moment on that on how Arizona State just blew it against USC. I was so upset, man. Arizona State looked so good for three quarters of this game. And they looked like everything I thought they'd be preseason. <laughs> Jaden Daniels is so much fun, and they lost the game, man. Yeah, uh, it's disappointing. Um, it's always a bad day when USC wins. So 28 to 27 is, is especially tough. There's no doubt about that. Um, yeah, it took an onside kick for USC to be able to come back and stun him here. I don't know what the win probability was like with like midway through the fourth, but I'm sure it was low for them. And they, Oh, it was, uh, it, they pulled it out. (laughs) I can tell you right now, ASU had a 99.9% chance of winning. Oh my God. Three minutes and five seconds left in the fourth quarter. Oh my God. 99.9. And by the time, we got to let's see, one minute and twenty seconds left, which USC had already scored, so it was twenty-eight to twenty-seven. They had an eighty-one point one percent chance to win. So that sucks. Sucks for them. <laughs> uh, for those of you that didn't le- listen to the preseason podcast, uh, I listed Arizona State as one of my. Uh, quote unquote teams to watch coming into the season. I said like Frank Darby was going to be next in the line of the uh, Nikhil Harry's and the uh, Brandon Ayukes. And he had one catch for two yards, (laughs) but (laughs) I was at least, I was at least kind of right about a Diamante Trianum because he had two touchdowns on 12 touches, 84 yards. So he, he at least least looks a little promising. And then of course, Jaden Daniels went out and did his thing. Love him. He, He's probably the best quarterback in the Pac-12, and I'm aware of Caden Slovis playing for the for USC. I still think Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback in that league. He he's not a pro, but he's such a fun college quarterback. Yeah, I always love those college quarterbacks. Um, Speaking of, do you see Malcolm Perry's getting snaps at wide receiver for the uh, Dolphins? I did not. Is he really? Yeah, they're so marred by injury that he's yeah, get he's getting reps out of the slot right now. He had wow. a catch. I'm pretty sure he had a cl- he had a catch last week. You love I was to see the, it. I was watching the game and they said something about Malcolm Perry. I was like, wait, 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 go back, go back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, definitely a uh, triple option pass. Notable Malcolm Perry, Navy alum. Uh, yeah, he'll be he'll be on the pod in no time once uh, yeah. once he gets back to us on our man, many many DMs and emails. Yeah, uh, one day I'm sure we, he's just busy. <laughs> we strive to get um, Malcolm Perry Keenan Reynolds. and Keenan Reynolds on this podcast. Um, that's the goal, and maybe one day it'll happen. We'll see. They'll probably just look at us and our podcast and just scoff. Let's get Shy Wirtz on here too while we're at it. Hey, actually, that's a great idea. I, I agree with that too. Um, Shay Wirtz, sorry Shay. Anyways. Um, well, now he's not going to come. I tap his first name. No, he's going to come. Oh, sorry, AB. Put another sensor right there. <laughs> so anyways, uh, just a side note, Northwestern is undefeated under Peyton. 
Yeah, Dave what's Ramsey. going on there? Um, it's interesting because also Nebraska sucks, so I guess that makes sense. Yeah, but Northwestern they beat the breaks off of Maryland. <laughs> yeah, they they're an interesting offense. Um, it's Peyton not Ramsey's prolific. Not good. <laughs> it's not prolific. Uh, Peyton Ramsey hasn't really gotten that many attempts. Um, I don't know how they're winning. Uh, obviously the defense plays a factor, but yeah, Pat, Pat Fitzgerald can coach the hell out of a defense. That's yeah. how they're winning games. But the offense it's it's a, the classic situation. It's what you want to see. Like with my beloved Chicago bears where the offense just plays well enough and the defense, you can usually count on to get your offense to spot and get the, the ball in good spots. Doesn't happen for the bears, but it's happening for Northwestern. So at least one Chicago team can figure out how to play football. Yep. There you go. <laughs> I'm not bitter. Um, and then finally, uh, as much as Ryan and I dislike them, the this is what we're going to end on. Yeah, unfortunately, Liberty is undefeated <laughs> and ranked now. Actually, we're no, end it's not. with Liberty. No, it's not. We got one more after this, but okay, Liberty thank God. is undefeated and ranked now. Um, they're definitely catching eyes. They. Oh yeah, they we got to talk about Maryland, Penn State still. They beat Virginia Tech. Uh, they beat Syracuse, which isn't a huge feat. But regardless, these are still, you know, ACC Power 5 schools. And they're winning. So that's all I really want to say about it. But I know Ryan's got just a little bit more. All right, AB, don't censor this one. Fuck Liberty. They're a horrible institution that hired a horrible person as their head coach. And uh, morals are out the window. Um absolutely just upsetting that they're good at football. I want to be able to laugh at them, but they're seven and zero. Malik Willis is legitimately good. Okay. Serviceable. Hugh freeze for as bad of a person as he is, uh, is an offensive genius when it comes to getting guys open and winning games, even if you aren't the best team. And so he has found a way to scheme just about anybody on that offense open. I mean, they, last season they had Antonio Gandy golden, who was legitimately a good college receiver, but now um, his, his use of options with Malik Willis. I mean, Willis ran for a hundred yards in this game against what was considered a fairly good Virginia tech defense. Um, it's Hugh freeze can get a lot of production out of lesser talent, which makes him in theory, a really smart hire for a team like Liberty that doesn't have a, a history or a recruiting base. And so in every, in every aspect besides being a a good person, this hire makes sense. And so it's, I know it's like separate the art from the artist. It's like when your favorite singer, you know, it hits somebody or something, but (laughs) (laughs) uh, it's hard to appreciate what is honestly a really fun Liberty offense just because of the situation surrounding it. But you know, begrudgingly, uh, congrats, Liberty. You're seven and zero, and a pretty good football team. Yeah, there you go. There it is. Um, and then, yeah, as you said, Maryland. Uh, they looked like a joke at first, but they bounced back pretty good. And how do you go from getting curb stomped by Northwestern to just <laughs> dropping a nuke on Penn State? <laughs> this season know. is all over the place. I mean, it helps that I I think uh, Tualia just needed like you know, getting, getting the groove because Northwestern was his first, 
his first collegiate start, I'm pretty sure. And so, yeah. I mean, he, he's got it figured out now. This is probably one of the best Maryland quarterbacks in recent memory. Yeah. And they really, I mean, he doesn't, he has pretty good surrounding cast. Um, it'd be better if they still had McFarlane, but regardless, I dude, mean, when is, when is Penn state going to move on from Sean Clifford, dude? I, what can I tell you? What have I, what have I been praising since the preseason? Sean Clifford is not get it, going to get it done for Penn state. He's I knew a bad it. quarterback. I knew it. I called it. He sucks. They need to start and someone else. To be fair, uh, his QBR was 29.5. And also, for reference, if you just drop back and throw the ball directly into the ground, your QBR is 36.5. So, yeah. Sean Clifford would have been better off taking every snap and throwing it directly into the turf than what he did <laughs> instead. <laughs> yeah, 27 for 57 is definitely not going to catch any 27 eyes. for 57. <laughs> What was, you know, what's the, the bigger question is why did he keep throwing the ball? Yeah. That's on the coaches for now. Yeah. What is Franklin <laughs> the doing? Poor kid keep throwing it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to, they were down 28, seven at half. So it's not like Maryland, like put on some garbage time numbers. It was actually Penn state that put on garbage time numbers. They scored two meaning, meaningless, or no, I think it was a meaningless fourth quarter touchdown and something else. I can't remember, but it was Penn state that made it look closer at the end. It wasn't like Maryland pulled away at the end. They beat yeah. their ass quarter one through quarter four. And so Clifford had to play catch up and did not play catch up. Well, no, no. Rakeem Jarrett, super good. <laughs> Five-star recruit last year. Maryland managed to steal him away from LSU somehow. Ridiculous. Kid goes off for 144 yards and two touchdowns. He's having fun. He made the right choice. Yeah. He really did. Um, and then uh, Coastal has climbed all the way oh, up yeah. to 15th in the rankings. We got to um, talk about our babies before we yeah, before we, we get out of here. We got to. Um, they've just been beating the crap out of everybody, uh, including Coastal Kansas. is no longer Coastal is no longer a good Sun Belt team. Coastal is a good team because yes. this performance didn't look like an above average uh, Sunbelt team beating a, another Sunbelt team. This is how like legitimate group or power five teams beat uh, Sunbelt teams. I know the points weren't exactly on the board, but Coastal jumped out to a 14 0 lead right at the beginning of this game. Like Grayson McCall is that dude. He is yeah. really good at football. And this, this Coastal team, while they're not obviously going to be a playoff team, uh, I think they're going to be end up being a mainstay as long as they can hold on to their coach for a little bit longer in yeah. the Sun Belt. They're they're going to be up there with uh, Louisiana. Yeah, you could definitely see them uh, sticking around for New Year's Six if if they get lucky enough, fortunate enough. Um, their their game with App State's going to be a riot. Yeah, because I know App State's a little bit down, but they're still App State. That's that's exactly where I was getting to because I wanted to mention how App State has bounced back after what was a rough start to the season. Um, they have bounced back and looked like the app state of old. Uh, they lost that we didn't write them off. Yeah. So I didn't look stupid. Like I did. Um, when I was uh, talking about NC state. Yeah. So 
They lost to Marshall. Uh, also, shout out Marshall. Um, and since then, they've beaten. We'll get to Marshall. <laughs> yeah, Campbell fifty-two to twenty-one. Arkansas State forty-five to seventeen. Uh, UL Monroe thirty-one to thirteen. Texas State thirty-eight to seventeen. I mean, I know those those teams don't jump out uh, really on paper, but at the very least, beating Arkansas State forty-five to seventeen is pretty pretty solid game. Yeah, Arkansas State is in the same realm as Troy, where they're not exactly world beaters, but they are uh, consistently good teams in the Sun Belt. And so this this last stretch is going to be extremely telling for Coastal. So they got uh, this coming week at Troy, then they host App State, then they get to uh, beat Texas State by probably 40. I was so high on them, and they're just not good. <laughs> and then close the season hosting Number 22, Liberty. It'll be a great way to look at the, how that season ends. Dude, if and Liberty beats Coastal, I'm going to beat my head in with a brick. I'll be so upset if they lose that game. We'll hope that Coastal will be the heroes and defeat the villains in that one. Here's hoping. Yeah. And then, and as you mentioned, our darling Marshall Thundering Herd. Yes. Hello, number 16 in the nation, 6-0. and oh. Yes. Actually, I was thinking about it. Is this is this the first time? No, because there's there's one team missing from a conference. This might be the first time in a long time that each group of five member has had at least uh, one representative as far as teams go. Besides for the Mountain West, uh, it was Boise, but obviously oh, they Boise, lost. Boise, you messed it up. Yeah. Otherwise. We would have at least one team from each group of five conference in the top 25. And that is a feat upon itself right there. We'll probably see it happen because, like, I think Marshall and Coastal are going to keep it up. Obviously, the Americans a mainstay. And then, like, Auburn's probably going to lose this week, and they're 24th, so I can see them dropping and maybe Boise sneaks back in. But I bet UNC gets ranked before them. But regardless, yeah. uh, hello, Marshall. Grant Wells returned to form. Also, poor UMass. They're just a, a dead body. I don't know why they're still in the FBS. They Yeah, they got to drop, drop down, man. They're so bad. Yeah. 51 to 10. So, <laughs> oh. Definitely not football success in, up there in Massachusetts. That's for sure. Anyways, we, we love our boys over, over there in uh, West Virginia. Shout out yep. to Marshall. And... To uh, end end this episode, our lovely Raging Cajuns, they are back in the top back 25. Back in the top 25. Six and one. It's Not much about else. damn time. It is. Beat and a good Arkansas State team by seven, righted the ship, <laughs> scored all their points in the second half, as Louisiana is wont to do. Yes. But regardless, they are back, and we are happy about it. So, Man, both of our babies are ranked, Louisiana and Coastal. Now I just need Georgia Southern to turn it around and somehow get ranked. That is true. Uh, they're still having a solid season, though, so that's at least positive. Yep, they're, they haven't fallen off a cliff like I was worried about them earlier in the season. They're fine. No, yep, they're fine. So yeah, with that, that concludes the week ten pod, uh, week ten in review podcast. Um, feels good to be back, man. Yeah, it does feel good to be back. It feels good to have 
the Irish sitting at number two. It feels good to have a bunch of group of five teams fulfilling in the top 25. And most of all, it, it's great to have been back and talk to you, Ryan, doing this, doing this podcast after a little hiatus. Feel the same, buddy. And uh, let me just say a, a big middle finger to the AP voters for dropping Wisconsin three spots for not playing football for the last two weeks. Sorry that we all got sick. We'll play yeah. more games soon. Play more games soon. Uh, Mertz is legit. And yeah. So <laughs> anyways, Russell. Um, yeah, that concludes this podcast. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this one. Uh, if you did, make sure to give us a follow on Twitter. And also uh, make sure to listen to more. Uh, hopefully we should have more coming out soon. Uh, as we said, we're busy, but this this should be a turn in the right direction for the remainder of the year. And um, yeah, we look forward to giving you some more. So thank you for listening and have a great day. Later, guys. Love you.